Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Survivor Jobs, a podcast in collaboration with Broadway World. I'm your co-host, Jason E. Coombs, and my fellow co-host here, Samantha Don Titsolo. We're live on Broadway <laughs> World. Not really. I know. <laughs> hey, Survivors. Happy episode 51. This is 51. I'm still stuck on 50 episodes. I got very emotional last week. I'm still editing this 50 episode recap video so you guys can see it soon. But, you know, it was so beautiful to look back on the 50 episodes. So happy 51. This is the first day of our next 50. I know, right? And soon we'll have 550. I keep saying that, I keep jumping. (laughs) Have a heart palpitation. (laughs) I'm dead. But like in a great way, you know? For sure, for sure. Um, cool. So, do you have a survival job story? Here's the thing I want to talk about today. I like your green, though. Like your green. green. Thank you. Green's my favorite color. Um, what I would like to say about survival jobs this week is I have been taking on. Oh my god, the highlighter I put on my nose is was just really shiny and shocking. Sorry. Oh, wow. (laughs) What I want to say about survival jobs this week is me personally, Samantha Don Tetzlaw, I have been biting off more than I can chew in my survival job um, world, meaning, you know, I have my day-to-day survival job, shout out, so grateful for it. It allows Mm -hmm. me to do so many things and have a steady income. Um, You know, I do get these occasional freelance gigs, which pay really well and are like super chill and I meet like amazing people. So it's very hard for me to say no when those are essentially just handed to me. Sorry, just hit my mic. I've been hitting my mic a lot today. Sorry, everyone. Uh, So it's really hard to say no. And a big lesson I learned last week and I just want to share with everyone is like, hey, yes, money may be amazing and easy and handed to you and these opportunities and these gigs are awesome but it's okay to say no and you should if it's going to like really stress you out i had a full-on like panic attack last week because i don't know not not like that sounded so dramatic i did you know i did have like a moment where i was stressed and like i need and we'll talk about this a lot in our episode with tamika that's coming up but yeah balance is so important and and money and stability is awesome but so is your mental health and we talk about mental health a lot on this podcast but i want to say like take care of yourself and in in your survival jobs make sure you leave time for yourself and your art and your in your in your mental health and if you need to go for a run go for a run and if you need to lay on the couch lay on the couch and it's okay to say no to a gig it's okay to say no to a survival job as long as you're like still making money and doing the thing um yeah so so that's that's what i want to say about survival jobs this week it's not really a survival job story but more of a survival tip to the survivors (laughs) i love that a survivor tip (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so I had a big lesson for myself last week. My last week as a 31-year-old also, Jason. I damn. know your birthday's coming up this weekend. 
damn next week next week october 5th in case anyone oh yeah but listen. isn't it oh okay, we're celebrating on sunday we're That's celebrating right. on sunday <laughs> we're i'm like oh, i don't know what the cost of a time is i'm like can't believe it's about to be october <gasps> how wild is that crazy like 2022 is just like zooming by it's over oh my god it's... no it's not we can accomplish a lot in the next three months let's hope um i did want to say um that I hope that people are keeping up with what's happening in uh, Puerto Rico because there was an awful hurricane. Fiona, who's wreaking havoc there, um, the aftermath of Fiona, as well as Dominican Republic and a few other countries in the Caribbean. So I put it in, I put a link of places to donate last week in episode 50, but we didn't talk about it last week. So I wanted to just acknowledge it and remind people, like, even if you have a couple of dollars, just help people, you know, like give and they really need it there. They have not recovered from Hurricane Maria, which was last year. So Puerto Rico's having a tough time. And it's an American as part of America, y'all, part of the United States, y'all. So like it's our country. So one hundred percent. I'm making a face right now to our listeners. Like, come yeah. on. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's, it's us. It's our community. It's our greater community. It's our service yeah. to greater community. Um we can help so many other countries, but sometimes we forget to help our own. Correct. So. Thank you for always taking the lead <laughs> on, um, you know, putting the correct links for people to help. So I will definitely take a look at that myself. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I was going to talk about uh, so much stuff's going on. Let's uh, we'll save it for another episode. <laughs> I did also want to shout out. Um, I, I saw recently Rent at the Downtown Cabaret Theater here in Bridgeport. It's a um, regional theater. They do regional shows, they also do community theater, and they had a production of Rants that's playing now until October 16th. And I I mean, like most people in our age range love Rant, right? Love. It's like, it was one of the first musicals that I was introduced to. I think I talked about that before, that it was like, oh, this is a musical. And it was, you know, it was different and it was fun. And it wasn't people just singing like opera, which is little... 13-year-old me was like, everything that was musical theater was also opera. I don't know why I thought that. That's so but. funny. <laughs> but uh, it was a good reminder of how important that show is and how special that show is. Yeah. And, and it was a, it's a really good production. So I hope people who are can nearby make can make it. Yeah. Yeah, Bridgeport, Connecticut, you guys. It's not far. Like we've told you about for the Bridgeport Film Fest. You know yeah. how long it's running, Jason? I think it closes on Sunday, October 16th. It's every weekend. Oh, and there's like four shows. Time. There's a... Friday seven thirty. There's a Saturday at five and eight, I believe, and then a Sunday at five. So there's most of opportunities to see it. Get um, over there, y'all. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I had, it's good. you know, rent is so, and, and it's so funny. We're talking about all these things that are tying right into our guests today. We didn't even realize. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I love when we do good things like that. Good things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember seeing rent, and I was 12, 13 as well, and I remember sitting during La Viva Wem and. I had a moment oh, yeah. where I was like, I have to perform for the rest of my life. I remember I was like a, a friend's birthday party from community theater. And I remember telling her mom um, after the show, like, I have to do this. I might have said that story on this podcast before. I can't remember. So sorry if you've heard that yeah. already. But it is such a special show. Especially, you're right, especially to our age. But then also, you know, I think it, it's keeping it going and 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 the younger generations will always love Rent. How can you not? 
Yeah, because it's like, you know, so so groundbreaking. And even if it's like not as, I hate to say like as timely because, you know, the whole like AIDS and, and subplot is a little outdated, obviously, because we're in 2022. But um, the representation that that show gives, it's so important. And yeah, it's just a, it's a really fun time at the theater. You know, especially if you have a cast that does it right, which the Down Talk Cabaret does. And my good friend Sierra is in it. So shout out to Sierra. She is? She's the, yeah, she's a Season of Love vocalist. Oh she God. did such a fantastic job. So Jason, I, you know I love her. I know you do. I <laughs> you love Sierra. Oh, maybe I'll yeah. try to come. Maybe I'll try to get over there. Yeah, for sure. Oh, my gosh. She did such a great job. Well, shout out to Sierra and shout out to Rent and shout out to the mm-hmm. Bridgeport Cabaret. Downtown Bridgeport Cabaret. Downtown, downtown Cabaret, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Close uh, enough. Yeah. <laughs> Should we I talk we... about? <laughs> yeah, Jinx. <laughs> Why do people always used to say, Jinx, you owe me a soda? Like no in my idea. youth, I used to always say it. And I don't know why. And I don't, I, I almost just said it to you. And then I caught myself because I'm going to be 32. And I should not be telling people, Jinx, you owe me a soda. Why not? Because I think it's silly. <laughs> I just keep. I just said that, and in my head, I'm just thinking about Kim Possible. Did Kim Possible ever say that? Oh, I don't know, but I loved that show when I was a kid. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> oh my god! And I think that was Christy Carlson Romano, which we talked about on last week. Yeah, episode. it was. I hate us and love us. Goodbye. Love yes, Christy Carlson let's Romano. <laughs> let's talk about our two episodes amazing- in a row. Christy Carlson Romano. <laughs> we went to the moon in 1969. You know. It's mm. just the way it is. Yes, I'm yes, dead. yes. Let's talk about Tavika Lawrence, our amazing, incredible superstar guest today, mm-hmm. you guys. We cannot wait for you to hear this episode. We say that all of the time, but I think we're we're just so lucky with the guests that come on and, and who we get to share space with. So, yes, we cannot wait for you guys to hear this one. Um, Tavika's sure. amazing, yeah. What, how um, do you feel like- after talking to her? Yeah, I feel, I mean, really inspired. She's so, like, she was so warm. Like, I feel like she was just, like, a radiant, like, she was radiating energy, like, positive energy. And, like, she was, like, the sun. Like, I was getting, like, good, good energy from her. And um, I just want to create now. Like, I just want to, yeah. yeah. I love when we talk to someone who makes us, just really inspires us and lights that fire underneath us. Yes, yes, yes. I really have to do a quick sidebar before we tell her bio to all of our listeners. Sure. You just said she was the sun, and I just want to let you know I'm still on my Grey's Anatomy binge, which I'm starting to, like, know a little bit with it because I'm starting to get, like, okay, I cannot look. Ellen Pompeo is amazing, but I cannot look at her anymore. I've been watching this on repeat since June, and it's, like, a little overwhelming. It's, like, time to, like, maybe go read a book or something. But Sandra (laughs) O, sorry to everyone, no spoilers if you've never watched Grey's Anatomy. Sandra O, a.k.a. Christina Yang, has just left the show. And before Mm. she leaves, she looks at Meredith Grey, Ellen Pompeo, and says, Derek is not the son. You are. And you just said Tamika was the son. So shout out to being sons. Yes, I love that. That's so funny you said no spoilers because that show has been on for like literally (laughs) – 25 years. No, I know, but, but if, um... I, if I was in the middle of my binge and I was listening to a podcast and they were like, Christina Yang leaves the show and I was on season two, I'd be like, Christina Yang is leaving? Yeah. Well, I was listening to a podcast the other day, actually, and I was really mad. I was really, really mad because I was listening to a podcast about a movie called I Know What You Did Last Summer, which is 
25 years old, literally from 1997. So I was like, okay, like, you know, I love that movie. I was listening to the podcast about it. But then these stupid ass hosts, they gave away a spoiler for a movie that came out last year called Malignant. And I was so mad. I gave them one star. I I don't even care. I was like, I was hunting them down on social media. (laughs) We're probably going to lose fans because people are going to be like, he's crazy. But I was so mad that I was like trying to find them on social media. I could not find their Twitter or their Instagram. So I was like, Best next best thing. I'm going to Apple and I give them one star. How dare you give a movie a, a huge plot point from a movie that came out last year? I was so mad. Maybe I'll I cut this out. I am laughing because <laughs> I probably sound deranged, but hey, I was so everyone. angry. Please give us one star. Jason's just having a moment. <laughs> he said, you really just said these stupid ass hosts. <laughs> yeah. Like, why would you do that? I would never spoil a movie that, or something that just came out. Like, yeah. Without a warning. Without first. a warning. You can just say, yeah. hey, fast forward or hey, cover your ears. Or I'm going to spoil malignant. And I would I would have paused it and I would have fast forwarded. And yeah. it would have been fine. But he just like yeah. said it. And they were like, oh, that was a spoiler. Oh, well. And then I was like, I was going to watch that movie. And I did watch them. I watched it anyway. But I was like, on my agenda, the next Yikes. movie I was going to watch was malignant. And I, was, I was so mad. That is anyway. annoying. So, give us five stars, long story short, because we won't spoil things for you. Yeah, well, hopefully no one's in the middle of binging Grace from the beginning, because, well, you just did. Yeah. Anyway. We just went down. <laughs> you know what? It's just who we are. Let's talk about Tamika. <laughs> you want to start off with her bio? Yes, I do. Tamika Lawrence. You know what? I just laughed at myself. Today, like, I'm talking it to you in, like, my normal voice, and I go to read the bio, and I'm like, Tamika Lawrence. (laughs) (laughs) It's official. Thank you. Tamika Lawrence is an actor, writer, and Grammy-winning artist. Broadway credits include Carolina Change, Getting the Band Back Together, Come From Away, Dear Evan Hansen, Virtual Cast, Beautiful, If Then, Matilda, and The Book of Mormon. Some off-Broadway... Credits include Hercules at the Public Theater, Rent, which we just were talking about, and The Tempest, also at the Public Theater. And by the way, people, if you listen to this a lot, you know that The Tempest is where Jason Coombs and I Mm. really, really bonded at Western Connecticut State University in 2009. I think 9, 10. 10 or 9. And so thank you. (laughs) Now here we are together. Okay. Here we are. Thank um, you. <laughs> some of her television credits include Modern Love, The Last OG, The Wiz Live, Vinyl, Show Me a Hero, Blue Bloods, Law & Order SVU, and The Greatest Showman, White Girl, and Breakable You. This is a really good one, y'all, so get ready. <laughs> Enjoy, people. Enjoy. Love you. <laughs> Tamika, hi. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Welcome to Survival Jobs, a podcast. Yay, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's so wonderful to meet you. And like we were saying before we got on, you're our first like Grammy Award winner that we've had on the show. (laughs) So how cool. That's really cool for us. That's really iconic. Um, (laughs) I'm happy, very happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm going to start with a random question. Where do you keep them? Where do you keep your Well, Grammys? I have Grammy <laughs> certificates and oh, they're nice. hanging off. The three of them are hanging on my wall and I'm waiting for two more. So wow. <laughs> I just keep them on my wall. <laughs> That's good inspiration. Like when you're doing stuff to be like, 
There it is. Yeah, and also like uh, I, I, it helps me have a gratitude too because you know this business, like your your podcast, kind of exemplifies uh, can be a lot of feast or famine. And so in those times when I'm not so busy, um, I have this on my wall to say like you know even if I never work in this business again. Um, I've been blessed to do so much cool stuff and I want to remember that instead of becoming jaded or disillusioned, which can happen. <laughs> Big facts. <laughs> 100%. Okay, before we jump into the interview, since we're just talking about survival jobs and feast or famine, do you have like a sentence of what a survival job means to you? A survival job is a position that doesn't feed your passion, but feeds your bank account. Yes. Facts. Facts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you have like a, a favorite survival job that's like helped you along your career? Um, well, uh, I uh, didn't work very long having a survival job. I worked for three weeks at Nike Town before I booked my first um, show. <laughs> wow. But, uh, but I had a few survival jobs when I was in college. I went to conservatory and I had a, 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 it was summer, winter. They would basically let me work with them whenever I had a free time. And that was, I built computer boards for government projects um, and for Boeing and for just like other companies that needed um, computer boards for random projects. That's amazing. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So I would like. That's like a career. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was. It was. It was um, a career for a lot of the people that I worked with. Um, with that company is in Phoenix, Arizona, where I'm from. Um, and uh, yeah, it was cool just learning a completely different industry um, and sort of having that in my tool bag too, so that if Sure. Uh, theater didn't work out. Um, I had something else. I had other tools before I even left school. I had another trade where I could, you know, work and do that and make a decent income. A hundred percent. And that also sounds like complex, like <laughs> you need to know what is going on and the boats are leaving by my apartment. Hello. Do you have like a a crazy story from one of your survival jobs, like a crazy day or a crazy boss? I'm trying to think. Um, see, uh, huh. I think so. Those three weeks that I worked at Nike Town, um, I worked uh, as part of a temp agency, and so the temp agency just kind of sent a group of people to that place and then you do whatever that place needs. And at Nike town, they needed a bunch of people to, uh, it was their like go time. I think it was labor day sale or something. And they needed people down in the basement to grab whatever shoes that were ordered up top and send them upstairs so that people could try shoes on and then send it back down if they didn't want them. And so there were a group of us there. And I remember it. So it was wild. Cause you had all types of people there. You had really nice people. You had, you know, Joanne, the scammer there it was all kinds of stuff. So, Oh my um, gosh. <laughs> So uh, I remember there was this one lady um, who came around and she just didn't have a good vibe. And she kept coming around to the rest of us who were temps and she was like, hey, can I use your phone? Can I use your phone? I need to call somebody. Can I use your phone? And something about her was like, don't even give her the time of day. So uh, we go about our day and we had a 15 minute break that we were allowed to take. And this woman was gone for like two hours. Nobody could find her. She oh was just God. off the grid. And 
we were like, go, go, go. So they were like, well, forget it. We can't worry about her. We just have to keep sending these shoes up. So she comes strolling in two hours later. <laughs> and she's like, hey, you know, what did I miss? And we're like, what is wrong with you? What did I miss? All your shift? wasted. Uh, me and this other guy, I remember, we go to like this. So there were like these special shoes and they didn't get called up as much. But so and they were like in a back corner. So we got a call for these special shoes. We go around in the back corner and there's this girl crying her eyes out in the back corner. And we were like, girl, what's wrong? Are you OK? And she's another temp. That woman who asked us all for our phones, this girl actually gave her her phone. That woman used her phone for two hours. Now, this was like 11 years ago. And oh they called Jamaica, like called home and racked up <laughs> $500 worth of like long distance minutes on this girl's phone. And just came strolling back in was like, hey, how y'all doing? And I was like, Lord Jesus, get me up out of here. Because <laughs> if anything like that happens to me, I'm fighting somebody. So... Luckily, I think a week later, I booked rent and then, you know, didn't have to worry about it. But we were like, oh, man, we need to start, like, fundraising for this girl or something because the, the phone company wasn't going to let her slide. So, yeah, that's probably the craziest. So it didn't happen to me, but I saw it happen. <laughs> I am in shock. <laughs> Jason and I both sort of, like, fell back and our hands went over our mouth. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. That's what happens. Also, um... My survival job is I work in event staffing for a temp agency and the temps are hit or miss. You never know. Like, so you get some crazy people who are like making phone calls. Yeah. Wow. 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 Well, thank you to Nike for the story. (laughs) Yeah. They, they, they got me through. They really did. They came in in a pinch. So great. Very grateful. I have I so like, many questions, though. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> but why was she so bold to be like, I'm going to take someone's phone and call, like, who is you this know, person? <laughs> yeah. My grandma always says, like, it takes all kinds. Anytime somebody does something that's crazy, you, you can't you can't justify that, right? Like, it's just they got a, a different set of rules and boundaries and stuff in their, bre- in their brain, so... When that happens, it's just, it takes all kinds, all kinds of people in the world. Oh my gosh. My friend's mom also says, you can't rationalize crazy. You can't. You, you literally can't. can't. rationalize yeah. crazy, ever. Oof. <laughs> Yikes. That's like the wildest story I think I heard on here. <laughs> Actually, I also love that she came back in and she was like, hey, what did I miss? <laughs> He's a crazy, I mean? beautiful cover girl. You would never know. That she just <laughs> she just ruined somebody's life. And she oh just man! I thought, wow, that's a character study. That really is. I hope to that play is. her one day. Tamika, are you a writer? Because that sounds like a great script. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> a great. I mean, not for the girl who's born, but anyway, you did bring up you did bring up Rent, which was your first your first Broadway show, right? Um, yeah, first off-Broadway show. First yeah. off-Broadway show, yeah. And you've done Carolina Chains, Come Come From Away, Beautiful, just to name a few. Do you have, like, a favorite role you've done? I have a two-part question. That's the first part. Okay. Uh, favorite role? Uh, probably Bunny in Black No More. That was the last role that I did with the new group. Um, yeah, that was this year, right? Huh, I'm sorry? That was this year, right? That was this year, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
it, it was cool playing someone who was uh, morally conflicted, um, sort of a hero, anti-hero hero. Um, so that was that was really fun to develop and explore um, with the writers and, and, and all that for like four years. Um, that was great. Uh, and my favorite show, because I love that role and I love that show. But I think yeah. my, favorite, my favorite show that I've ever been in is Rent. Number one, because it was my first show. And number two, um, I don't want to make this long-winded, but uh, Michael Greif was the director of this show. And, you know, when you book your first show, or at least when I did, I was like, all right, I booked my first show. <laughs> yes. Long, I did it, Lord. Thank you. And um, one of the things that he did that was so impactful was had us go down and uh, observe um, the group, uh, the life group that is talked about in Rent. And we actually yeah. asked, heard people's stories. And, you know, uh, it taught me that whenever we get to go on stage, we get to do it. Um, and also when we're telling these people's stories, we get to like put on that jacket and then put it back in the closet, right? And these people have to continue with their struggles or with their feelings. Um, and there's, there's uh, a privilege in being able to take that off. And there's a duty for us as actors to uh, do right and not think about all the other crap and how great we are and how cool it is that, you know, like that stuff is cool to be grateful for what yeah. we do, you know, to pursue our passions. But it's not like we're all that. We have the same, you know, we have a duty to just tell the story with as much truth and vulnerability as possible. And so I think that really helped me shape my career, how I want to go about my career and the roles that I pick. Sorry, that was long-winded. <laughs> wow, no, that's so beautiful. That's so well stated. Um, we, we said this last time, Sam, for our last guest, but like Viola Davis always says, <laughs> what, what's the quote? I never can say it right. She says something along the lines of, I love being an artist because it is the only career or path who truly knows how to live a life. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, you live so many, you get to like tap yeah. into so many. Also yeah. in a wow. speech, she said something, I can't find the whole sentence, but she was like, exhume those bodies. Like we get to tap into uh -huh. like so many people before us. Yeah. Ugh, I love her. Yeah. And then I have a part two. Sorry, I'm taking up all the time, Sam. Sorry. Take but it, <laughs> Do you have like a favorite... You've had such a, a wonderful career. You said that job was 11 years ago. So like you've been working professionally for at least 11 years. Do you have a favorite day or moment in your career so far? Something that's like, when you like go to bed at night, you're like, damn, that was a great day. That was, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have so many of those. I think yeah. the one that, maybe the one that sticks out most was my, so uh, Book of Mormon was my Broadway debut and um, and besides like everybody just being so lovely, my first show, I remember we were doing Spooky Mormon Hell Dream. And I was like in this, you know, I was so nervous. Yeah. And I'm like doing, you know, trying to do this dance move. It was really complicated. And and I remember I dropped my pitchfork and I went like this and I froze and tried to make something out of it. And I looked out in the audience and it was Common and Serena Williams just sitting there and they were laughing at me. And I was like, <laughs> That's so, you know, like, I'm a dingus for dropping this, but that's so cool that, like, I get to have this memory of them looking right at me and, you know, laughing at me. I just think that's cool. That's, that that's is cool. 
that is so Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. wow, that's such a good story. Um, I want to, I want to transition a little bit and talk about your music now. Okay. Like we mentioned, you are our first Grammy winner, not our first Grammy nominee. Sorry to Lisa Lampanelli who lost. <laughs> <laughs> Just being bloody, not throwing shade. Um, so can you talk a little bit about, you know, starting to create your own music and that process? Part, part uh, one. And then I have a part two as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, well, first, working on my own albums kind of happened serendipitously. I was doing um, If Then in 2013, and um, the drummer for that show, Damien Baseman, um, was like, you know, you got a nice voice. Let's go to my um, studio sometime and just kind of jam. And so we started doing that, and then we brought more people into the fold, and then we had this band, and I was really fortunate that um, Adina had hooked me up with um, a, a guy who was a promoter for The Bitter End at the time, his name is Kenny, he's passed away since, but um, back then, I don't know if I can cuss on this show, but back then, we yeah. had a band name was Tamika and the Motherfuckers, and I couldn't <laughs> get booked anywhere, um, and then Adina, like, hooked me up with this guy, um, and he said, you know, he was like, okay, we'll book you for a date, and I'm thinking, cool, it's The Bitter End, it's so legendary, it's really awesome, and he was like, so what's your band name? And I, you know, it was really sheepish on the phone. I said, Tamika and the motherfuckers. And he was like, that's so cool. So um, that's <laughs> how we started. And we started like doing, we started off doing covers. And then I started writing music, like what I was inspired by um, and writing melodies and stuff and, and putting it on the band and then them having their own, uh, you know, like adding their own flavor into it. And then in 2016, we recorded our first album ugly with Tamika and the Slay. And that, and that was a really cool experience. I learned a lot about having my own voice as a woman. Um, yes. And, uh, being the only woman in the room. Um, and also like the intricacies of putting in an album together sonically. Um, and then our band split up. And then um, in 2018, I started writing my last album, um, Two-Faced. Uh, and that was a cool experiment, just dealing with all the things that come with being a super sensitive artist and being a super sensitive person. Um, the Grammys that I do have um, are for the work that I've done with Broadway shows. So with Dear Evan Hansen um, and with Matilda and with The Greatest Showman. And those were incredible experiences. I was just watching other people work and, and being so specific in their writing really um, uh, uh, influenced my writing for sure. I love that. That's so inspiring. It really I wish is. I could sing. <laughs> Sometimes Jason breaks out into song on this show, and he really has some good notes. Do it. I want. I want. I want. Any time moment that you're ready for, do it. I, I, everybody can sing. Some people just sing in tune. That's it. But everybody. Can. That's right. That's right. Preach. Um, I love that. <laughs> I do want to say like a nice takeaway from that story. I, I felt like you couldn't get booked because you're, because sh- the name of your band had motherfucker in it, but like <laughs> how fierce that you were like, no, this is the name. I'm not changing it until, you know, someone appreciates like your work and your brand. Like that's what you wanted it to be. And so like, I think a big lesson like for our listeners is like, don't bend and don't change your art or who you want to be to like fit into somebody who's going to book you or like 
sign you or cast you, <laughs> stay true to you, and then something cool will happen. Yeah, and and also with that, I will say something cool will happen. It just may take a lot longer. And so that's kind of like the, the takeaway too, right? Um, like it, it, it does fulfill you in a certain, in a very, uh, I think, beautiful way to have your own brand, but just know you might work less. And that's okay, you know, but at least you'll be doing the things that you want to do that speak to you. For sure, for sure. Um, so then the second part of my question about you creating your own music and your own work is how did you find the balance to juggle being creative and creating your own music while still, you know, performing and auditioning and doing all of those things? By the way, I don't know if you were doing this at the same time. Well, you were, and you were in If Then. So how'd you find that balance? Because I know balance is hard. Yeah. For everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, I think I, I, I don't really know how to explain it. I just, I made the time. So if we had a show um, and the show got out at 9.30 or 10.30, we would hit the, you know, rehearsal studio at 11 and have like an 11 to 1 a.m. rehearsal, you know, just because it made us happy to do that. And then when we recorded um, our album, I had downtime to do that. I was in between shows. And then when we were like putting in the final touches, um, I was doing come from away. And so I would fly from Toronto to, you know, finish, finish it. But I feel like, I feel like when you really have, it's, it's two different kinds of passions, right? Like I'm able to fulfill the theater passion and the music passion, but um, I feel like they both feed each other. So because I felt like I was being fed, felt fed um, doing music, it really influenced how I could be um, motivated to feed my other passions too. So you just make time for it whenever you can. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the way you have to do it, I guess. And that sounds like so, so I mean, I said that's so probably, but that's just like a, a rock star type thing, right? You're like in this yeah, awesome yeah. show and then you're like hitting the studio after and you busting your ass. Lady Gaga, another club, another club, plane. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it's so hard and I struggle with this. And especially this past month, I've been struggling with this a lot of like, where is my balance for my, survival job this podcast my acting my fitness like it's just sometimes so overwhelming and so thank you for sharing that because for me I'm already like okay just gotta do it just stop like complaining and like being stressed and just figure it out and breathe I just but, yeah but I also want to say it's like none of them are mutually exclusive right it's okay to complain it's okay to stress it's okay to feel overwhelmed and it's okay to put certain things down at different times because it's not actually helping you or it feels more like it's, it's hurting more than helping. I think sure. like everything's always in flux. And so it, it's a, it, you like, you don't have to feel, I guess that's my philosophy is like, you don't have to feel defeated because something's not serving you or because it's hard i think you can acknowledge all those things just as long as you keep waking up and pushing forward even if pushing forward that day is sitting on a couch and doing nothing and laying under a blanket and saying why is my life this way right that's still an acknowledgement of you know what's going on we we have to we have to have those days too 
Totally. And to take those days and not beat yourself up for it. Yeah. It's something else I've been dealing with. Fierce. <laughs> Go ahead, Jay. You got it? Jay. I was trying to take myself off of oh. mute and I couldn't get the button. <laughs> There's a lot happening in my house right now. So I'm like trying to put myself on mute. <laughs> and I couldn't get it off. Anyway. Um, okay. So I feel like this question is like not always the best to ask us as people of color or like as as a woman, but I feel like it's still an important question just to get the conversation out there. And hopefully someone would hear this and I don't know, maybe they'll like get inspired to like do better. So my question for you is, um, as someone who's been a performer on TV and film, Broadway, off-Broadway, what advice or suggestions would you share with anyone who has a seat at the table, right? and can make the industry more inclusive to others who aren't the straight white men of this world making art. Yeah. Um, gosh, that's a, that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, I know, where do you begin, right? I'm sure. <laughs> um, so can I start this by, uh, by a, a, a joke that I heard uh, yes. that I just find like is like, the the thing um there's this comedian who's talking about how he was visiting portland right and uh he needed a haircut and he goes to this one place in this gentrified neighborhood and he looks at their window and there's you know an lgbtq flag in the window and he's like tight and there's a black lives <laughs> matter when uh you know flyer in the window and he goes tight and there was like one other i think it was like pro pro-abortion uh yeah. In the window. He's like super tight. And he goes inside <laughs> and he's like, okay, this is the kind of place that I want to be in. Um, and he sits down, he waits for his hair to get cut, and a black man walks in and he says, Hey, do y'all cut black hair? And they said, Sorry, no. And he just thought, like, <laughs> Wow. That's the facade, right? It's not, it's so for people who have a seat at the table, it's not so much about saying, it's not so much about tolerating us or acknowledging our existence or saying that, you know, we're allowed to have these rights or allowed to exist. It's about sort of reverse assimilation and allowing for other people to have a, a, a seat at that table. It's about changing what the table is instead of, doing all these sort of inclusive things that don't really um, amount to much. And Preach, we know yeah. that theater, as much as it is a passion for us that we are allowed to do, it's dollars and cents. That's what it is to these producers. It's just show business. business right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. so the only way that we can change dynamics is through money. And if you don't let certain types of money come in and have a voice and have a say, things will never change. And so I guess that is what my petition to these people would be is allow other money to come in so that other people can truly have a voice and not have to go with the whole rigmarole that we're used to. Snaps. Right. <laughs> to, actually, to actually make the difference rather than just like advertising and putting the signs in the window yeah. and then not doing anything. Yes, performative. Because, yeah, because I, 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 I find it so funny, even with the kinds of stories that people are trying to tell now, they're still trying to tell it with a, a hegemonic, white, male-dominated audience 
in mind. And I feel like when you change the kind of money that comes in and produces, those people mm. with that kind of money, they're not only thinking about, yes, the white people who buy the most tickets, but they're thinking about inviting and attracting other kinds of people to come in, maybe their culture, you know, to come in and be seen. And I think when you start doing that, then we start telling different kinds of stories that don't have to have, you know, the same tired narrator that's explaining to a group of white people what we're actually talking about in this. You know, we don't have yeah. to have all those asides or things. We're not we're not placating or playing to a certain audience. So I really think that the money talks. The money does talk. Wow. 100%. Thank okay, you Pastor me. Lawrence. <laughs> feel that? <laughs> thank you so much for sharing that i know um before we started recording we let you know that we always like to end the episode with a game just to bring it back to like having fun and laughing before we play the game jason i'm going off book do you have like a a piece of advice that you could give maybe to our listeners who are maybe feeling stuck in a survival job who have gone to their 900th open call or submitted their five millionth actors access submission or can't get that script looked at by by somebody at the table. Do you have a piece of advice for someone who feels stuck in a survival job? Um yeah, I think well I first like I do not I d I don't I don't know. Like who am I to give anybody advice? Um but I I think what has helped me, because there's levels to everything, and like even though I booked my first show pretty soon, it was hard to be acknowledged and seen for who I am. As soon as you start booking shows, um, people are really quick to place you in a box. Um, And that's human nature, right? Um, If you're having a really hard time, I would say, number one, um, do things that give you joy outside of that thing that you're trying to pursue. Like, make sure you have friends or friends who don't do theater um, or a hobby that is not theater or or arts based or an organization that you can belong to, whether it's like a church organization or a volunteer organization or fucking kayaking, something that just gives you joy so that yes. this is not everything <laughs> of who you are. I would say that. Um, yeah. Yes. And then... The other thing is like, uh, make sure that it's it's really hard to keep advocating for yourself when you don't feel seen. And I get that. Um, but really make sure that you're holding on to who you are uh, because that's, that's the thing. And somebody will like it. And it may take a year and it may take 30 years, but somebody somebody will see you. But if you keep changing to fit into a mold because you think that's going to get you seen sooner, then you're not going to know who you are. You're going to be super disillusioned and you're going to be lost. So I would say keep being you. Somebody will see you. Um, but, but, But also, like, this business ain't everything. And I know it's easy for me to say because I've had a successful career in it, but it really is not everything. And once you get that thing, you know, sold or seen, then there's another level that you're trying to get to. So you got to find your joy outside of it. Yeah, that's so true. I was going to bring up Viola one more time because we love her so much. But she was talking recently on The View about 
trying to get the woman king produced and like oh, yeah. that's someone who has an academy award who's like one of the best actors ever probably ever and still playing she, the game. she's still yeah playing the game, right exactly yeah. so uh, once again pastor lawrence you're preaching thank you for that <laughs> yeah thank you and i will say that 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 thought and, and advice about finding things that bring you joy outside of theater or acting or or anything your artistic path that's a very common theme that's said with our guests so i really think that's important and thank you for sharing <laughs> yeah okay one more quick question um, before we play our fun game do you have any art right now that's bringing you joy like any movies or books or, or tv shows yeah what's, what's feeding your soul right now yeah um steve buscemi always feeds my <laughs> my spirit Iconic. I was at the first movie that I ever saw where I was like, that's so cool. My parents, God bless them, they're different. Um, they took me <laughs> when I was six to see Fargo. And I remember <laughs> this guy who was cool, you know, villain with these weird teeth. And I have weird teeth. And I was like, oh, that's like, I'm going to marry him. But now I <laughs> that is just a person who I just admire so much. And so yeah. right now what's feeding my art is just going through i'm going through every single steve buscemi movie that he's been in that he has written and gotten wow written. i'm just in a steve buscemi hole right now um and it's i love that so happy because he can he just he just does all of humanity you know um and he does really stupid shit that, you know, you think like, oh, you're, you know, you'd be too cool to do that. He does it because you can just tell, like, he just loves being people. So anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm in Steve Buscemi land. <laughs> I love that. Steve Buscemi land. Same. <laughs> I love him in um, uh, Mr. Deeds. Deeds? I thought we were watching Scooby-Doo. <laughs> that's like an like underrated <laughs> movie. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Exactly. The range. Yeah, the range. He's yeah. so good. <laughs> well, thank you so much for this time. I mean, Jason and I both went off script and asked other questions because you're just <laughs> so great and 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 so so wonderful to speak with. So thank you so much for sharing space with us and coming on. We're so happy. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. This is of really course. fun. Of course. Thank you. Um, so, so like we said, you're our first Grammy winner. Jason, I hope we're not wrong about that because that would be shady if we are, but I don't think we are. <laughs> I don't think we are. <laughs> I don't think we are either. So we thought it'd be fun to end the episode with a little Grammy trivia. Oh God, I already know I'm going to fail, but let's do it. <laughs> Let me tell you, I think, I think you're going to be surprised. Okay. I think you'll be surprised. Jay, you want to take the first? <laughs> um, sure. Uh, and it's, okay, most of them are multiple choice or true or false. So okay. you, you, we, we got you. Um, <laughs> in 1994, who won the album of the year Grammy for the Bodyguard soundtrack? A, Vanessa Williams, B, Celine Dion, C, Whitney Houston, or D, Barbara Streisand? Winner! <laughs> yes. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Already killing it. Okay. Number two. True or false? The first Grammy Award for Best Musical Theater Album was awarded in 1980. Oh. I'm going to say that that 
that is false? Correct. <laughs> Correct. The first year that it was was 1959. Okay, cool. What yeah. was it? We don't know. I didn't look it up, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Please look it up, listeners, and DM us what it was. Thank you. <laughs> Another true or false. Uh, Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince's Parents Don't Understand became the first hip-hop recording to win a Grammy for Best Rap Performance. I'm going to say that's true. True, yeah. You're killing it. Three for three so far. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, four. Another multiple choice. In 2001, who won the Song of the Year Grammy for Beautiful Day? A, U2, B, Correct! <laughs> you don't even need a multiple choice. <laughs> um, last question before before the bonus. Okay. Which female artist has won the most Grammys ever with 79 nominations and 28 wins? Beyonce. Ah! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You lied to us. You're good at trivia. You did lie to me. Okay, I like the game. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and for your bonus, you already have 100%, so this is really going to just take you over. Okay. Which original Broadway cast won the 2018 Grammy Award for Best Musical Theater Album? 2018. Oof. Oh, God. Oh, I, know, I was trying to think. 2018, was, it was Dear Evan uh, uh, Hansen. Yes! That's, that's the hard thing about the Grammys is that it applies to 2017, but it's done in 2018. 2018. So yeah. that, that always turns me <laughs> on. Woo! Because I didn't get that. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> Right? Congratulations. You got all of them correct and the bonus. This was amazing. Before you go, can you let all of our listeners know where they can follow you if they're not already following you just to keep up? Hey, what's her prize? um, You didn't sell her prize. Oh, man, Jason, I always (laughs) mess it up. Jay, what's the prize? Uh, You got to have dinner with us one day when uh, at Glass House Tavern. Okay, that's your prize. Oh man, you slept in those uh, those risotto balls. Oh my gosh, Sweet that's my favorite thing. Well, my oh. second favorite thing after the risotto. Uh, what is it, Samantha? You Couscous. love the corn risotto with oh grilled God. chicken on top and a side of buffalo sauce. Oh, she really <laughs> knows you. Oh, y'all are soulmates. We love, love yeah. each other. Listen, a game changer for that corn risotto is when you get the chicken cutlet on top. Mm. Okay. And then it's like really hitting. All right. <laughs> <laughs> hitting. Yeah. Cor- correct. I love that. I know. Yeah. So there, there's, that's so funny. We always, when people, when we're like, you have to have dinner with us for your prize. It's like, <laughs> it's a great good prize. You're like, um. And if it involves y'all in those risotto balls, I'm in it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when to show up. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, so could you shout your your social media handles so everyone can follow you if they have if they're not already a fan of yours, which is silly, and they will be now. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm only on Instagram because I'm really afraid of being canceled for something I said in 2005. So <laughs> 
Um, I am Tamika Lawrence on Instagram, and I'm also on Spotify or like any, anywhere of music. Tamika Lawrence. Uh, I have two of my own albums out, so I hope yes. to see you on Instagram. Yes, we'll drop Tamika. that info in the show notes. Sorry, Jay. No, I was just gonna say, I there's a thing on Twitter you can look up to see if you said anything in the past, like you can search. And I've done that for myself to make sure I don't get canceled. <laughs> right. I mean, it really is. It's, it's the new Hunger Games. It really is. Two thousand, like when when I joined Twitter in two thousand eleven, it was a different time. <laughs> Ice cream party at my house. <laughs> Damn, I wish I was invited. <laughs> Little Sunday bar. <laughs> what could we bad? What could we bad? Jason, do you want to drop our handles? I yes. know sometimes you get nervous. <laughs> yeah, because I have like, I'm the worst at that remembering. I have like too many social medias, but we are Survival Jobs Pod on, on Instagram and Twitter, and Survival Jobs a podcast on Facebook. Correct. And then if you want to send us an email, <laughs> uh, survivordogspod at gmail.com. Jason, you're killing it. Oh, yes. Woo-hoo! You got to take that part more because you really killed it. Tamika, thank you so much. You are a star. We're so happy to have met you. And we will see you at the Glass House Tavern. <laughs> Thank Thanks for your patience with all our technical difficulties. Yes! No, please. No, I think it was some crap on my end. It's all right. Six planets are in retrograde. We'll get through it. <laughs> you know what? We will. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>